to another episode of the Margin Max Minute. I'm Paul Ayers, the Fit Professional One. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I want to talk about a recent experience of mine where I've been attempting to recruit help for one of my companies. Recruiting top talent has become more of a challenge, in my humble opinion. I just finished attending a job fair for general majors at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And the amount of talent that walked through the room, the people that I was able to talk to were really quite impressive. What struck me, however, was the interest of the typical candidate in big brands. It's quite interesting to me, the advantage that a General Mills, a Procter & Gamble, Tesla, other gigantic companies that are kind of in vogue for the young graduates right now are out there and the lines are amazing. They have lines sometimes at these job fairs, if you've attended one, that go not only out the door and around the table, but down the hall. And quite often with neighbors to me at some of these job fairs, I've seen kids at the back of the line that don't even get up to the table before the job fair is over. And what interests me is there is quite an assumption with these young candidates of what the actual job is they're getting into and just what their fit is. And what I find is when I am able to have conversations with candidates is they don't really realize the opportunities in smaller companies and brands that they don't quite recognize. So as I sit back and I think about these experiences, I wonder what happens with these other large companies. What's interesting about a job fair is most typically they're in fairly tight quarters. Minimally, you can overhear conversations on the tables to the right and left of you. You can overhear sometimes conversations across the aisle away from you for three tables. I've often had these big company name brands close to my table. And being that my companies don't typically have that recognizable brand, my lines are often shorter and I end up being able to listen to the conversations going on next to me. What's quite interesting, if you haven't attended one of these, is the way the recruiters at these companies actually engage with this line of 40, 50, even 100 kids and they're trying to get through, they're collecting resumes, and the interaction and the so-called elevator speech that the young professional-to-be is trying to give seem never to quite get things done. It's rare when I overhear a conversation that seems more authentic and probing and resulting in a real match or a meeting of the minds or at least meeting of the interests of the two parties involved. Because of this, I want to float kind of an editorial statement to you today that these job fairs actually aren't very efficient to find workers that really work well for for you. That's really an interesting theory to consider for a while. I think it varies for the large brands versus small, relatively unknown companies. I definitely think there's a difference because some of these candidates have grown up in markets where they've seen advertising pushed out at them for literally decades, maybe to the frequency of once a week in terms of a, one of the product brands from Procter & Gamble, for instance. And good for those big companies. That gives them an absolute advantage coming in. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they post a job, the young person matches one of the degrees they're looking for, and they really have a match or alignment in what they're trying to get done. I think this collection of resumes, when you have such a line, can be 
very inefficient and very difficult to ascertain what's going on. In fact, I want to turn the coin a little bit and suggest that a smaller company like myself tends to be able to have conversations up to and even over five minutes with candidates. Yes, that's not the same as a half hour or hour interview, but it's much better than the 30 seconds or one minute that I'll typically see next to me at these job fairs. In that time, I ask some non-degree questions. I'm handed resumes, for instance, this past week, 4.0 in supply chain management. A sophomore wants an internship. I had a 3.98 industrial engineering and MBA candidate, again, looking for supply chain. I had a 3.99. I mean, why should I talk to those young people, those young aspiring professionals to be about the academics that they've just knocked out of the park? And I think recruiters know this. I don't think this is something that is an epiphany, but the whole process, I think, needs a real look. I'm really torn on the expenditure it takes to go to these job fairs. Economical job fair is still going to cost your company a healthy four-figure number. And depending on what you're doing and depending on how you're approaching the job fair and how many resources you send to that job fair, you might even get into a five-figure investment. It really depends. Some companies at larger job fairs, larger schools might even bring in examples of their equipment, for instance, to let engineers look at. I've seen that happen over time. And certainly some of those efforts are entering the five-figure number. What's interesting to me is if you take the opportunity cost of that and invest that in one of these online services, we have LinkedIn, we have Indeed, we have all kinds of other options. Uh, handshake, I personally haven't had much luck with because it's inconsistent so far, although I do see more universities bringing it in and actually requiring me to interact through that medium. And during that time, what happens is it's the same thing. It's kind of this quick cover letter. It's a resume, and it seems to me that that's probably almost as good as the average contact, especially for large companies that have hundreds of people online and they really want to talk to them. I mean, I've also seen my neighbors, the recruiters, have another resource standing there just listening to the conversation, and it appears that that person is responsible for making that initial stack. And I find that also potentially problematic. I bet they're pretty good at what they do because that is this sorter for the company or the company hiring because they represent typically brands that have been around a long time and are really very good. But I wonder how many candidates they really miss as they're doing that and they don't do the follow-up call with the second stack because that particular individual might have been a little bit awkward in their elevator pitch or they're up to one minute that they get to try to sell themselves. I mean, how many jobs do we have that are outside of business development where you really have to take one minute to sell yourself? Yes, first impression matter. But when you go into a new department, it's much more than that first hour of employment. Or maybe you have a round robin welcome interview where everybody in the department sits down for a half hour and just chats with a person. It's really not telling for what the performance is going to be in the job quite yet. So we all have our techniques. I just think the tip for today is to really take a look at these job fairs and decide if they're going to work for you. Here's an exception. And I want to remind the listener that there is literally exceptions to everything we say in management science, because that's where the art part, if you will, comes into management. 
And so the exception is I'm working with a particular Big Ten university that's quite good in engineering, and I am trying to cultivate relationships through sponsoring capstone or senior design projects, being in their mentor program, talking to different people in the faculty to possibly be a speaker for some of their discipline sub-segment lectures. And then there's various help think tanks at some of these universities that serve in a more expanded mentoring role, even to help some students with startups. Most of the major universities have these kind of organizations or they have major clubs. In fact, one university at a different campus invited me to be a speaker for that particular group of kids. What's interesting is it's not one of my target majors that I want to bring in, but those kids do, in fact, do quite well with complex systems and problem solving. So I need to do that. And so this is the way for smaller companies with less brand to get involved in these universities, get a little bit more name recognition and get the people at the universities to actually help you to help yourself get in a position where you become recognized at those campuses. Clearly, there's not room for all of us. There's so many employers. But what's interesting to me is the opportunities are still very abundant. And if you're looking to try to recruit talent out of recent academic achievement, it's a really interesting set of activities you can add on to your recruiting strategy. At this point in time, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to bump up the quality of candidate that stays interested in my companies. But at a minimum, it's part of my formula to give back and help young professionals to be the best they can be. So I'm at least getting that out of it and hopefully getting some brand for my companies to help attract some candidates to us to help build our future. So I hope that these tips have helped you rethink your recruiting. It's not that you need to take my recommendations verbatim, but I hope you will consider the comments to challenge the way you recruit and see if you can enhance the effectiveness of what you're trying to accomplish. With that, again, I appreciate you tuning in today. I hope that you will like this out on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up so that we can move up in the search criteria and get this great message out to more people to help them maximize their margins, optimize their teams, and rescue their time. With that, it's time for me to get to work.